0: When was the last time you have listened to young people talk about what is important to them and how they feel about what is going on around them? While adults are deeply divided right now and young people are paying the price. Please stay tuned for our amazing episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome to the Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. Your host is a certified executive coach and trainer with the passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you manage your life and your business at its best. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea.
0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome. You are listening to Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. I am your host and executive producer, Ria Wilkie, also known as Coach Rhea, the CEO and founder of Your Life Now. Your Life Now its an executive coaching, training, marketing, and PR company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life and business, what's going on in our lives, what's going on at work with our business, and how we can make things better and better. On this show, we invite best-selling authors, thought leaders to help us manage our life and our business at its best. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire positive change and transformation. It is up to you to use any of the information mentioned on this show and you also agree to take full responsibility for your action. However, we are experts at what we do and you are welcome to contact us directly at our show page at yourlifenow.info. We're going to take a short break and we come back we will get into our thought-provoking show for you today. We have two student from the university of madison wisconsin and uh, they are here to share their thoughts about what's going on and we are here to listen to them so i hope you join us and stay tuned we'll be right back thank you so much for being here
1: your life now radio show with coach ria will return in just a few moments
0: your business and advance professionally, we would love to be of service to you. We are experts in creating the right solutions for you and for your business. At Your Life Now, we know what it takes to succeed and to increase your bottom line and to grow professionally. So for more information, please contact us at yourlifenow.info. Again, that's yourlifenow.info. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to your Life Now show. I am your host, Ria Wolke, also known as Coach Ria. Welcome and thank you so much for being here. A lot of things going on, and I um, I have a great guest with us today, a young student from the University of Madison, Wisconsin, um, who really wanted to share their thoughts about what's going on. I had a conversation off uh, off the air with one of the students, and um, I suggested that we bring them on the show because we really need to listen to young people more because as adults are so divided right now, our young people are paying the price. So um, first, I would like to introduce you to Sharif Nayat, a student and entrepreneur from Madison, Wisconsin, the president of uw Madison student team, Sharif created an, uh, and now operates the student team at UW-Madison. Sharif is currently attending the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where he is pursuing a bachelor's degree in political science and a certificate in marketing. Sharif has recently started working on his first company, Congratulations. an artist management group focused on developing early stage musicians. Sharif loves cooking cooking, exercising, and listening to music, all my favorite stuff. And then we also have Luke, I hope he will be joining us, Luke Car- Carmosino, uh, a junior at UW-Madison, double major in economics and history, and have always loved learning the value of our past. In his free time, Luke likes to practice guitar in vain, in, in, in vain and write for both fun and work. Luke has a passion for fitness and nature. That keeps him running in the woods and yarning for knowledge keeps him curious. Wow, wow. So I am so happy to have you guys. I see, um, Sharif, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so
2: much for having us.
0: This is awesome. You know, it's like a, such a great thing to be listening to you guys. We need to have more people listening. Period. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I appreciate you giving us a voice and a cool platform like this to share our thoughts, for sure.
0: So I, I'm, I'm really gonna put it in your hands here, and I just want to give some, uh, um, uh, a few things for our listeners to, to, if they are interested to listen to this show. Of course, if anyone shared the link with you. You can listen directly from the link at any time. As soon as the show goes archived, it will be available on that same link, also on iTunes, also on iHeart, Stitcher app, and the easiest way also, you can go to our page at yourlifenow.info and listen to all the episodes, including this one, and then share if you care, because it's all about spreading love and, and, and awareness, because that's what we need. And also, if you like, I see some people in the studio. Um, if you are um, listening by number, by calling in, the number to call in is six two six two one three five seven seven three. Skype caller can also call in for international um, callers. If you see the Skype number, the Skype logo next to the phone number on the page um, from the link, you will be able to call us directly from Skype to Skype for free. So now that we get all that <laughs> out of the way and I really appreciate everybody who's listening. So thank you and shout out to everyone who supports our show and, and um help us, you know, keep doing what we're doing. Nine years in the in the making. So I'm gonna start with you, Sharif. Thank you so much for being here. I know you have classes today, so are you doing classes on Zoom or is it in, in person?
2: Um yes, yeah, so the university is currently doing classes completely online um the plan going into the semester was to have a partially remote uh system and a partially in-person system but due to like a pretty pretty explosive rise in cases among the students here they ended up just doing like completely online learning for for the next two weeks
0: you know, it's, it's crazy, and I think that's what we uh, we, we talk about. Uh, you know, Wisconsin has been in the news, and, of course, Wisconsin is actually my uh, my hometown originally. I went to school in Madison, Wisconsin, for my undergrad and for my grad. And uh, um, it's a great university, but you guys have been in the news for multiple reasons, including the riots with Kenosha thing, and then also the spike of the coronavirus, among the student of uh, Madison, Wisconsin, which is you know it's it's really an un, um unpleasant thing to hear you know because I thought they would really do take care of this better, and I know also you were um you had the virus and now you are fine and 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 I'm, I'm glad that you are better. Um, but a lot of people are at risk, and and, uh, we're going to get into all this because I want to hear you guys' side as far as, you know, people saying, oh, if you're young, don't have to worry about it and all these things, but we're here to really listen to you. So why don't we start with you, Sharif, and tell me what's on your mind. What do you want our listeners to hear you saying?
2: Yeah, um, so clearly, you know, you brought us on here to kind of talk about our experiences living in a pretty crazy world. Um, and, you know, I think as a young person with kind of an older audience, I'd probably like them to know that, you know, we are probably just as committed to kind of fighting kind of the really big issues that, that are posing a threat to, you know, the well-being of this country and the kind of our world um, as much as you know, the adults on the other side for sure. Um I don't know Luke, what else would you might add to that?
1: Um Hi, by the way, thanks for having me on. Nice to meet you. Um Oh
0: um, I'm Luke. I'm so happy to have you on. So when you talk about, you know, I mean obviously
1: go ahead. Um no, go ahead.
0: Uh ask away. No, I, I, I'm just going around what you said, so I want to elaborate on it. So um, being, you know, um, committed, I mean, I I'm, unfortunately not everyone's saying what you're saying, uh, young people, because we do have people from all different ages here on the show as well, listeners, um, different, you know, so we do want to give this out to everyone out there. Um you know, being a percentage of the commitment, it does not going to make obviously a huge impact in um, and, and what the outcome is going to be, you know, um, the future outcome. So when you guys going through all these, these, um, I call them adversity and, 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 and problems that really kind of rising up, I mean, this is your time. I mean, you know, you're 20 years old, you know, I mean, you have a huge, beautiful future ahead of you. You're very smart and intelligent and you know, your resume speaks for itself. But in order for us to take care of things right now, we're not going to have a future for you or anyone else, you know, in your own generation. So in your own words, I mean, what are you guys, like, seeing is happening and what you anticipating is, is, is the, 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 per, the solution? I mean, what, what is it that we, you, young people, should be doing more of, you think, or not?
1: Um, so I'm not necessarily sure if we're in the position to prescribe a solution. Um, you know, there are epidemiologists and CDC officials that have a much better idea of where we need to go from here. But I think what sticks out to me and a lot of the kids on campus is that this was a pretty obvious, um, failed experiment from the start. Um, we knew that, coming back to campus from every part of the country and then cramming students into a, you know, two square mile block um, in downtown Madison was going to have pretty um, noticeable consequences. And it didn't take long for those predictions to really come to fruition. And I think the most startling thing that I personally want to get across uh, when talking to you and when people are listening is that the numbers depicting not just the quantity of people being infected, the severity of the symptoms um, often seem really miscalculated when you go through them in real time. Uh, So me and Sharif are two pretty healthy guys. Uh, We like to take care of ourselves, but we both.
0: Am I speaking to Luke? Wait a second. I I lost here. (laughs) Now I'm talking with Luke. Hi, Luke. Okay. (laughs) Oh
1: hi, yeah. I I know you
0: guys are jumping. Yeah, I I got confused. I'm like, listen, that doesn't sound like Sharif. Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah, Thank you so much for being here. What a great way to start. Thank you. I appreciate you so. Continue, please. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Go ahead.
1: uh, Okay, what was I saying about us having severe symptoms? Oh yeah. About the problem. How it started, right? Okay. How it
0: happened. Right. I
1: think the I think the media rhetoric is that like kids our age are are. Not immune, but fine. Like there's no danger. Um, but I know for me personally, there were a couple days where my lungs felt tight enough for me to feel like I was in danger, and it was bizarre to like watch this unfold on the news over four months, and then to actually be a part of it. Um, it's a really weird feeling. <clears throat>
0: Well, you know, I mean, you experience it, and there's no better person to actually be speaking of this, you know, except the people who have gone through it. And I know Sharif also had some, some, you know, um, some symptoms also that were kind of discomforting, um, for my knowledge. And uh, so I didn't even realize that you were also had the virus as well. So, so I mean, just based on this, you know, I mean, like the the information that we're receiving constantly that you know of, and I'm sure you guys, like you just said, that says, oh, if you're a young person, don't worry about it. Well, we know from a statistic even here out here in New York area, you know, where New York and New Jersey got hit the hardest in the beginning, um, there was a lot of young people who actually lost their lives from the virus. And I know back then, you know, it was new, and they didn't really know better on how to treat things. and or I mean, there's no treatment, but or how to manage it better. Um, but it, it is really misconception, and the information is really not um, – and I don't want to turn this political, but, you know, it's the leadership. Everything starts from the top. The leadership is the most important things. and when we don't have a strong leadership that really gives, you know, uh, the correct information, when we take the information down to, to the rest of the people, the rest of us, we are, we're going to get confused. Well, okay, then. I'm young. I don't care. But it's not only – I mean, there was something that I know, I mean, you know, uh, that we were taught when we were young kids that we all think about our freedom, right? The freedom is it's the most something that you, nobody wants to give up, right? But our freedom ends when someone else's freedom starts, which means we are social human beings, social animals, Right? So we always, you know, together with with each other, whatever. So if you go home to your parents and your parents, you know, so now you're spreading the virus and so on and so forth. So you're not only affecting yourself, which most likely because you are a healthy young man, that you will be able to, you know, to to get over it. But there's a chance that you actually might kill someone. And, And that's what's a scary part of it, too. So, I mean, you know, the information that you guys receiving that you have, I, I feel like, you know, this is where I really want to listen to you guys. Is there anything between you guys as as uh, um, the young society, the, ni- the young people are actually doing to try to actually change those misinformation or actually doing things? I mean, I know, Sharif, you the president of the uh, student team at the UW-Madison. Do you guys have anything in place? I mean, are you doing any of this?
2: Um, Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think we're in a position where the lack of leadership has kind of pushed the responsibility to be very conscious of your actions and their consequences on kind of the student body here. And what I mean by that is, you know, the student decided or the, the leadership at UW deciding to bring us back and, you know, to fill the dorms and to kind of give us this sense of feeling that we're kind of back to normal, put us in a position where you're either kind of, you know what I'm trying to say, Luke, where you're either kind of taking responsibility and being, you know, a smart person about your actions, or you're kind of just doing whatever you want because you have the capacity to do that. So it's kind of tough as a student to tell other students what they should do when the leadership at this university isn't really setting any strict guidelines. Or even if they are, they're not being enforced in a way that's truly working and that's truly preventing kind of the spread of this disease.
1: And I think um, to go off of that, the response among students um, is not cohesive in the same way that leadership, as we've seen, hasn't been – a cohesive singular, you know, collective movement for like, it's for some reason we can't seem to decide on facts. And for some reason it appears that decisions are being made based on regional opinion rather than a steady baseline that everyone should be following. Um, And that bleeds into the way students react to it too. So in the same way that you have governors refusing to admit the severity of the disease, you have students genuinely proclaiming that their social life and their personal life is more important than the spread of the virus. Um, I don't have necessarily any judgments to pass on that, but regardless, it can be observed that this response in general, um, because it's so fractured is inherently flawed.
2: Yeah. And I think that's a really good point in that it kind of feels like you can make up your mind about whether or not this virus is really something serious, you know, to consider and how you go about the decisions you make in your life. You know, if we had a really, like Luke said, a really clear, you know, distinct message from, you know, the leaders of our institutions and, you know, of this country about what really is fact and kind of what what we need to do to, to kind of mitigate things and take care of things, you know, prevent, you know, major, major law, I think it would be a lot easier for kids to recognize the severity of what's going on. But because you can kind of have your own opinion on whether or not this virus is really that deadly or whether or not, you know, it's really as bad as it's made out to be, it kind of prevents any sort of strong collective action from taking place at all.
0: That's that's crazy. I mean, it really is crazy. Like I said, the leadership starts from the top, and unfortunately, when we have um, lack of leadership or you know strong leadership to kind of lead us ahead. But you know, I mean, I'm 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 in leadership. I teach, you know, in my executive work, I I, I teach leadership, and and uh, I can tell you something that sometimes we, you know, even though in my teams sort of impossible to, to, to do it on you guys' level, but you can actually inspire, you know, um, uh, better leadership by actually getting more involved and then actually going to the top or even like, you know, I mean, I I'm, again, I'm, I haven't been in Wisconsin for years now, and uh, um, I can tell you one thing, you know, about Wisconsin, I used to think like, you know, your voice was always heard. Um, you know, it's a liberal state or Madison, at least, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with the rest of Wisconsin, but I know I lived in, in Madison. Um, well, I went to school. So, I mean, you know, I was involved in, in, in the student, you know, um, voices and we did a lot of things, you know, not being on, uh um activists or anything like that, but being more involved in everyday decision regarding what goes on with you guys on a daily basis and how you can improve, you know, um, leadership or encourage, inspire the leadership to take to take you guys more seriously. Because I think this is what the problem right now, the way I see it, most of us see it, that nobody's really not much being paid attention to you guys. And, and again, the, the, the adults are, are um, I mean you, you young adults, but the adults in, in right now are so divided people are just basically turning everything into political uh, point of view instead of an actual point you know an actual fact, um, and then making, you know, the assumption that, you know, I'm, I'm my freedom, my this, my that. and But if you put the facts together and you just say, well, this is how this is affecting us or this is what's going on in the dorm and this is what we want to see different and this is what we want. I mean, there's a lot of things, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we we'll always say, like, one person cannot do that much, but when you one person tells the other person, the other person, you know, uh, sort of, you know, put hands together and just say, you know what, we, we demand change and we want our voices to be heard. So can, can any of that be, I mean, I know, like, you know, can we, I feel like I want to go back to school just for that reason. If I can turn back and just say, you know what, if I'm a student at that time, this time right now, uh, this is what I would be doing, but I'm not, you know, you guys. So do you feel there's, there's a chance that things like that can actually be in the work?
1: Um, I would like to tell you yes. The answer is going to be that I think it's very easy um, in this climate to feel really discouraged about positive change. Um, coronavirus or COVID has sort of lifted the veil, so to speak, um, on a lot of attitudes and values in this country. Um, one that's been really noticeable to me is that the American experience is almost intrinsically selfish. Um, You see adults that seem to not like seem to be completely unable to think outside of their bubble um, outside of their world where they're the only protagonist and, and anything that happens only affects them. Um, And that's kind of put under the guise of like, like you said earlier, like liberty, in, you know, in quotes, or or justice, or, you know, this freedom is a free country.
0: Just, yeah, right.
1: Right, right. freedom. Um, but like you said, if we're unable to see that our own freedom or, like, the staunch, often unnecessary defense of often unnecessary freedoms causes the lack of freedom for someone else. So if you're just going outside without a mask to prove that you don't care about coronavirus and you don't think it's deadly. That's an opinion, and that's when you're acting on. But it doesn't change the fact, which is that you could kill somebody. And like, could could we organize some student thing on campus to try to get people the facts and get people aware? Possibly, but um, it's feeling like that attitude in people that that inability and more than that that um, lack of desire to look uh, outside yourself is is so prevalent that it it it's hard to have hope in that sense for like real lasting uh student influence change.
2: Yeah, and you know, with that you know, being said yeah.
1: and mm-hmm. sorry
2: to interrupt you. Um with no, that no, being no, sad ahead, and kind of, and kind of Luke talking about this this common feeling of discouragement among a lot of people right now. You know, we're really not even seeing any sort of of student movement um, or student organization to kind of provide people, you know, the proper information and try to encourage them to practice, you know, healthy behavior. Um, And like you said, kind of about, you know, leadership being really important, I think it would be really cool for the school to maybe reach out to the students or the students to reach out to the leadership at the school and, you know, work together in that way to come up with solutions that make sense for the students and that make sense for the school. But like Luke said, it's just like we're really lacking any sort of effort. And I think, like he said, it's in part to this idea of us only thinking um, inside our own world and us, you know, failing to really recognize that our actions have effects beyond ourselves.
0: You know it's uh very well said, I appreciate your um your input on this because I struggle with this myself and thinking like you know i I really try to minimize my outing not because I'm scared, so on so because I am doing my part you know by i mean it's a it's a mandatory here anyway in our area since what happened early on. So for everybody to wear a mask, and you still see people, you know, wearing the mask, like right to the chin, which defeats the purpose of wearing a mask, Um, and uh, um, there's always some excuses, and then you got the bureaucracy things about saying, like, I actually had an issue with one of the grocery stores that I shop at, where I've seen people wearing their masks like that, and I went to the manager, I'm like, you know, you guys need to enforce this, you know, this is a law. And then they said, well, you know, when someone comes and tells us that they have health issues and they can't wear a mask, you know, we have to respect HIPAA. I'm like, what kind of, excuse my language, what kind of BS is that? If that one person tells you and you cannot even question, and this is where it's wrong. See, this is what is wrong with the actual foundation of everything. If you're telling me this person going to tell you that they have an excuse why they can't put a mask on or just have their mask on their chin, not covering their mouth and nose, and you tell me you can't ask them or question them because of HIPAA violation, then I don't know if I want to shop here because you're telling me that their life is more important than my life. Because I'm the same person paying money to come here and shop at this store, and you're telling me you don't care about how how my well-being because of someone else, which is like, you know, it's, it's really frustrating because it, even though that we have mandatory uh, mask uh, wearing here in the state, that you still see this happening and you still see the lack of, you know, of people following, you know, the, the guidelines, and then they still getting away with it because of something that whatever it is that they came up with that doesn't even exist. You know that they said they they got some card, you know that says that you know they are con- exempt of wearing the. Yet they choose to be among all of us who are doing our best to make sure that we not you know uh, we are you know we, we are safe and someone else is safe, you know um, in the process. So it is really frustrating. And I can I can see that where you guys don't really have that mandatory. It is not mandatory, right, to wear a mask, is it?
1: Um, I would say inside it's pretty mandatory if you're in a public place. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, here we don't yeah. have restu- indoor restaurants open. We don't have, you know, I mean, they did open shops and stuff like that. Um, they have in right. the six feet, uh, you know, social distancing kind of things, which really still does not apply. I mean, they were doing a good job in the beginning. And then now it's like, oh, you know, just kind of ease off because we don't have that many cases. But the reason we don't have any more more cases is just because we followed the 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 guides you know from before, and then uh, you know not many people in the store and all these things. But it, it is really just really very stressful, and I, I cannot even imagine what you guys are going through right now. I mean, this is your time to to, to do everything that you want to do. I, I know, like, college was, like, the best time in my life. I had the best time in my life, but we didn't have those issues. But what else is going on? I mean, there is more than just the coronavirus. There is the social you know um uh, uh dilemma that is going on with the with black lives matter and 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 uh you know things that people feeling like you know not being treated equally i mean we are American immigrants you know we came to this country because we know oh this country provides you know the freedom the you know we could, we, we better opportunity and and now you know. It, it, it really does not apply. It feels doesn't apply to, you know, to the United States, unfortunately. But do you guys feel the other things are affecting you too? Like, you know, what's going on with the unease of the social, you know, justice and all stuff? Well, um,
1: yeah. So when you hear about uh, the unrest and when you're like us living in Madison and you actually see it and sometimes are watching it very closely, sometimes they're marching with them. Um, one of the things I've noticed is that it's really easy to, to feel this almost like shame, um, like a bit of guilt, like if you're inside doing your schoolwork and there's a protest going on outside and people are hurt and people are grieving um, and people are genuinely upset, um, and you can feel it in the air, it makes your homework feel a lot less uh, relevant it makes the math problem on that page seem a lot less important when you have people out there, I mean, effectively begging for their lives. Um, and regardless of what you think about the riding and the looting and the, the physical organization that is Black Lives Matter, um, again, I think it's, it's, it's inherently flawed to deny that the movement has validity in the first place. And I think this is connected to coronavirus in that, in that yeah. people are looking for, people are looking for perfect. Um, in these solutions, everyone's always looking for perfect. Um, and especially those that oppose it, um, and are the harshest critics of a movement like Black Lives Matter are doing so because they don't see it as the ideal way to go about gaining the equality that people need. And that's just a, a, a super flawed outlook. Because it's the same thing as when uh, people complain about having to put a mask on as they walk through a restaurant and then, and then saying it's ridiculous that they can mm-hmm. take it off once they've sat down. I don't know if you know that rule, but.
0: Oh, I know. Um, I know. I've been to rest yeah. restaurants.
1: I <laughs> know. Oh, okay. So, yeah, in the indoor seating. Um, and, I, and the point yes. there is well, that. We don't have
0: indoor seating. Not, but yes, go ahead.
1: Yeah. The point there is that no one's saying this is perfect, no one's saying the solution is foolproof. We're doing everything we can. So people in the street expressing their anger are just doing what they can, what's within their means. And putting on a mask when you walk through a restaurant is doing what everybody can. It's within their means. Um, I think people need to stop seeing harm in trying. Yeah.
2: And with that being said, I think we're at a point in time where you're either on the right side of history and you're actively fighting against the injustice that's taking place or you're on the wrong side of history, and your kind of negligence um, is, is actively perpetuating that injustice. So it definitely feels like as a person in America right now, that you really have a responsibility to stand for the right things, and not only just say that you stand for them, but actively do what you can to, to you know, achieve that justice that is really kind of, um, really kind of I think desired at this point in time, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it is, it's definitely interesting. It feels like there's a lot of, a lot of pressure on you um, anytime you aren't, you know, on the streets, you know, partaking in that fight or when you're not necessarily following um, health guidelines around social distancing. But, you know, there is, I think, an obligation among all of us to kind of pick a side and kind of our own interests, but the interests of, you know, our greater communities and just this country as a whole,
0: would you think I, I I heard you say and take a side and, and um because I'm not a bias, I try to be, you know, um really focused on, on, on the heart of what it is, you know. Um if you I know Luke, I, I, I understand that you have you taking double major in economic and history. If you were to write this is gonna go down in history, you know that, right? It's gonna go down in history twenty twenty. <laughs> if you get to write Let's, let's let's like move twenty years from now, and you got to write something about the history of the United States, and you talk about this. How would you like to write that? What would you say? And then Sharif, I'm going to ask you the same question. What would you say, book? In your
1: um, wow, that's a loaded question. Um, what would I say? <laughs> what would I say about this time period? Um, I would say it was marked by divisiveness um, by a clear uh, for the first time in a while coronavirus it seems to have like um, cleared the clouds a bit, uh, made it more clear showed people's true sentiments um, exposed a lot of ugly truths about the way we live our lives and perceive each other and the way we value our lives and value each other Um, coronavirus and Black Lives Matter and social uprisings and looting and rioting are all really different events, but they all share this same kind of like shock value and violence that in itself is, is like a really clarifying tool in a way, in a really weird way. Um, You get to see how people react when everything else is stripped away And they're faced with fundamental questions of, does my pride matter more than someone else's health? Or does my fear of change matter more than someone else's pain? Um, And it's just really interesting as a young person to not only watch it but be in the middle of it. And sometimes even catch yourself falling victim to it.
0: So I'm, I'm. You're saying a lot of great things, Luke. I, I, I really appreciate your, your, um, you very um, thought. You know, because I, I, they call me the thought leader because a reason because I'm always you know coming up with something that I think you know, um, my the fear of change. I mean that's huge. Why do you think people are afraid of change? What do you think the most, as far as as you see it?
2: Um, sure, I'll jump in. I'll jump in on that question. Um, I think people see change as threatening to to their own lives. I think they see change as something that kind of has the potential to take away, you know, values or or you know, components of society that they that they cling to. Um, and I think what's really important to recognize is that change doesn't necessarily mean us giving more to one group and, and doing that, taking away from someone else. I think we need to kind of treat change as like this holistic movement towards like greater welfare for all of us. Right. And I think getting people to understand that us wanting, you know, um, a better justice system for certain demographic groups in this country doesn't mean we're trying to disadvantage any other group. It means we're just trying to, you know, provide the equity we need, to get people all on the same foot so they can have the same opportunities, you know, to live great lives. Um, Luke, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, change, change is daunting for people, and um, understandably, that's not a judgment, that's just an observation. Um, but when the consequences, being unable to overcome that are so great, Uh, it's not understandable anymore to be so against it. Um, We need to be able to consider that which we can observe and predict and understand that sometimes doing the right thing has to overpower our sense of pride and security. Um, And, again, that's scary. If you're a coal miner in Virginia and you put food on your table for your family because you go to work every day in the coal mines, and then a progressive candidate offers um, shutting all those coal mines down for environmental protection, you would feel attacked and you would feel like your life was threatened. But but having the perspective to know that overall this is going to benefit people long-term is understandably tough. So I'm not really sure how to reconcile that. I don't really know what to do because – I do understand why people are resistant to it. Spring
0: of change. Right. Or, yeah.
1: Right. I, I get that they're well, resistant to it. I can see reasons why it would make sense, but I don't understand the inability to think through it and reach the logical conclusion that it has to be done.
0: You know, just listening to you guys, and that's why it's so important, so important for us to listen to each other. I, I honestly, I've learned so much from you guys. It's, it's, it's so refreshing to hear you guys' side of the uh, of the, uh, how you see things. Um, See, as a coach myself, I can tell you change is definitely very difficult for most of us. And, uh, but, however, I don't like to use the word, but, however, what if we can, um, provide or present a fresh alternative. So like you talked about the the coal mine, right? So if someone working, and I absolutely understand see because you said it the way you said it it actually makes sense now. But when I heard it from Trump it actually just says like, oh, we don't care about the environment because I'm pro environment and travel a lot and I've seen how other countries, other places are really, you know, because this is our future. I mean, Earth is the only place we have to live right now. You know, if we have tons of money, we can go to space later on, and that's in the future sometime. But right now, this is important. But when someone like that, if a family, um, you know, uh, they provide for their for their family, you know, through their work in the in the coal mine or whatever. If we want these people to actually, or I don't like to say to people because now we, 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 you know, point it out, but if we wish for someone to um, embrace change, we need to show them other alternatives. Like I said, okay, so you're in the cold mine, right? So the cold mine, you know, we're going to teach you something different about, you know, uh, maybe, you know, like the, what do you call it, the wind uh, um, energy or something like that, you know, that can actually be, be, you know, done where education is provided. I mean, I know some people, you know, they say you can't teach an old, you know, dog a new tricks, which is really not true, you know, that's you can teach anyone at any time, you know, new, um new tricks or whatever. But however, they want to be, uh, you know, willing to want to learn. And I guess I guess what I'm trying to say here I'm not saying I'm totally against the idea of people just say oh you know I'm afraid to change because I don't want to give my comfort zone or I'm provided for my family and I don't care about anything else because that's the only way I can put food on the table. But if I if you have a leadership, you know, like even from that industry where you just say you know what we move it into environmental, you know, um, uh, alternative calls and stuff like that, and this is what we're going to do, and then teaching them and doing these things, perhaps they would be more, you know, acceptable of change, you think?
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing we're certainly lacking right now as a whole is an optimistic leader. Um, if, if you have optimism from the top and change is seen as a positive opportunity, instead of a daunting task, um, then those below are like way more likely to be enthusiastic to follow. But, you know, think what you want about Trump. I'm not here to pass judgment, but... No, no,
0: no, I don't want to... Yeah, I'm not... We're not turning this political, so, yeah.
1: Right, but it's pretty... You can pretty objectively say that um, a lot of the way he operates and his rhetoric is kind of... um, it's fear inducing. It's, it's more, we should do this because we're afraid of this happening rather than we should do this in hope that this will happen. Um, And that takes away the optimism from any, from any change, from any situation or shift. So the coal miner is no longer looking at the future as, you know, a progressive positive uh, chance for him to learn a new trade and be involved with something more ecologically friendly and perhaps even better paying because it's more efficient and once established it's less, uh, it incurs less costs than a gasoline infrastructure. Like these are all things that are optimistic points that need to be stressed, but instead um, our leaders are using fear to push people further into their respective political sides, polarize them to ensure that, um, you know, they vote the same way that they've been voting. So, so this this negativity, I think, is probably the main issue for why it's tough, even if you, like you said, get all this training for someone to switch industries, um, it's tough to convince them that it will all be worth it if you have someone at the top telling them it won't be. Yeah, and I think well, on he, that he, note uh, Yeah, yeah, but uh,
0: you just said it. So fear is the motivator here, right? So if you actually can provide – you know, incentive, and I know from, even from my, my work that I do, you know, I can tell you, the incentive is always higher than, uh, you know, the actual cost of you doing, you know, so when I tell you, oh, okay, so you're going to make double the money, you're going to be, you know, um, you're going to have healthy lungs, you're going to have, have better skin, you're gonna, you know, like, I'm going to give you, like, let's say we're talking about one, one you know, one aspect here, like the coal mines, right? So if you can actually say, I'm going to, if I can show you this, I mean, this is how I sell. I come from corporate sales. If I can, if I can show you, I can provide you a solution and show you how you can double what you put in and get more with less, would you be interested? And I can guarantee you everyone's going to sign up and you're going to say, yes, I'm on board because I'm giving you incentives. But when we drive everything, every action through fear, which is unfortunately that's what Trump says, that's how he, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, he comes from TV, and if you watch TV, you know what TV is all about. It it, it promotes fears, it drives people to always think about like, you know, if I don't do this, this is what's going to happen. If you watch commercial and just say like, let's say pharmaceutical, I'm not attacking anyone here, and this is, you know, thought-provoking. Um, but let's face it, it's true. When you listen to a commercial and just say, you know, like stay tuned so I can tell you how many different ways you can die from this, and then I'm gonna give you something for it, right? And then they tell you about right. all the side effects that goes with it that probably kills you before you actually get healed from the issue itself. It is outrageous for me, and I like I can I can tell you I tune out all that crap because I refuse to be part of that kind of uh, participate in in a in fear motivation. You know, because that's all what we've been driven to do. And I'm actually, I do my part here, and that's the reason I do this show. It's just really, like you You heard, I don't know if you heard it from the beginning, my intention is to inspire positive change and transformation. It's not only a change. A change is, is you know, like me getting up out of my chair and sitting in another chair. Oh, I changed my seat. No, but what, what did I do when I changed my seat to there? Was it actually something better from the chair that I was sitting in? And that's the attitude that we need to kind of, you know, pass on. And, and you know, so, I mean, I, I can go on and on on this. But, you know, I, I really appreciate you guys. And, and this, is, this is an incredible. I know, Sharif, you have to uh, get on your class. So if you're good, we can still continue. Um, and uh, uh, by the way, Luke, you play guitar? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I, I play guitar at a very amateur level.
0: Well, that's okay. Do you have it next to you? you want to play us something to kind of... Oh, the, God. The... <laughs> um, I do
1: not have it. I do not have it near me okay, right that's now. Fine. But... I
0: just thought maybe we could ease that conversation because it got heated. Um, but, you know, again, um, let's let's close it up, wrap it up, and and, and just see how you guys, you know, um, for say, uh, what would you think they propose? I'm not saying, like, you know, you're not a doctor, you're not anything, but propose solution to what you think it matters to you guys right now. What do you think you would like to see happening? Let's start with Um, both of you guys. Yeah. Saying, you know, I would like
2: to see a greater effort to unify us um, and use that unity as a tool to push change that benefits us all. Because I think when Luke talked about polarization a little bit earlier, he was really accurate about how, We're living in a time where we feel very divided and we feel like solutions for one group is not going to be a solution for all of us. So I think if we really want to make meaningful, you know, you know, deep change when it comes to these really daunting issues that threaten, you know, the structure of our society, we need to find a way to bring ourselves together and, you know, and make an effort as a group instead of as kind of individuals.
1: Yeah, and to, said. Uh, to, to mm-hmm. add on to that. Um, though I think we can we can inspire positive um, changes from the ground up. I I really do believe that this pain that this country appears to be feeling these uh, this, these growing pains that it's going through really stem from the fact that the top hasn't given people the recognition that they need. Um, if the president would or the government or people in charge would just acknowledge, genuinely acknowledge the problems that are happening right now instead of consistently downplaying it and, and, and using events and um, tragedies as political tools. If people would just look at a problem as it is, call it like it is, admit that it's real, then I think we could mobilize um, as a unified unit instead of as these two divided polarized sides uh, just backing each other into a corner. It's, it's really tough to convince people that there's a problem that needs real attention when they can just look up to their leader and say, well, I don't feel like there's a problem. You know, when there's no pressure, it's, it's tough to inspire movement.
0: You know, we need more free thinkers. Like you guys, um, I think, you know, being a leader in, in, in by nature for me, not a follower, um, I feel to question everything. And, and I say it all the time on this show. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? Why can't you question everything? I mean, because it all starts with a question. Because if we just take whatever is given to us and accept it, I mean, we are no different than, you know, animals If we have. not you know, I mean, we need to stand up. We need to stand up for what is right for us, and we need to speak. And I believe that, you know, our voice should be heard. And do you guys, I mean, this is, like, really important because we have to say it out here right now, about voting, voting for change, for real change. I mean, are you guys inspiring? Are you doing anything to, you know, to, you know, get people to, vote and and, and get involved in their own life more? I mean, by understanding this has to do with yourself too, not just, you know, (laughs) individual. It's not about Trump. It's not about Biden. It's about our future, your future, because you guys are the future.
2: Yeah, if there's one thing I have seen on this campus and among the students here, is a really powerful incentive to vote and to take, you know, this election seriously. And it is really cool to see a lot of kids, you know, articulate that, and a lot of kids coming out and encouraging their friends to vote yeah. and posting things on, you know, their their social media pages. And, you know, you see a lot of different booths around campus that are helping kids register to vote, you know, within 10, 15 minutes. So it does feel that, you know, in that sense, we are stepping up and we are taking this very seriously. Yeah. I guess it feels like the
1: student body with that issue is kind of all on the same page. Um, and I think a big part of that is, is we trust ourselves, you know, like we're, we're learning to trust ourselves and our intuition and our ability to think for ourselves more than we trust people in authority. Um, that's not to say that we don't trust people more qualified than us. Um, And that's not to say that we don't value the opinions of those whose opinions should be valued, you know, uh, professors and scientists and, 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 and professionals. Um, But, but we realize that, you know, we're beginning to have a real voice and um, the easiest way to exhibit and express that voice is to go to a booth and click a button. And because it's so easy and because it's so, blatant that it's something that needs to be done, everyone can really get behind it.
0: That's awesome. So glad to hear that because I, I, let me tell you, that's something I'm very truly passionate about, you know, we have a voice and let's express that voice. Let's express what we want to see happening in the future. And I know like, you know, I mean, we noticed from uh, um, RBG after her death, God bless her soul, you know we we see a lot of shift in in the uh, um the minority group that are starting to actually get really serious about voting, which is really very optimistic on that. that's pretty positive stuff forward. Unfortunately, we don't need um uh, misfortune things like that to happen to actually, you know, get up and do something because you know everything is at stake. It really is. everything is at stake. I mean, put your i mean, I, I guess the way I look at it no matter who you vote for, you need to know why you're voting. You know, I mean, some people believe, like, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, we love everybody, and and we have to really believe truly that everybody is good. It's just how we, you know, uh, we live our life based on, you know, what side, how how we, we get influenced by what kind of information, and we base our own, you know, decision based on those information. I believe that if we all start questioning all the information that we have. And I know social media is a huge um, problem for me, I think, because I think there is so much stuff that is going on on social media that is obviously, it is is just misleading. And, uh, you know, if someone is on one side of the equation and that's they here and they don't, you know, try to question anything, they just accept it as it is the truth, you know, it's, it's a problem. So we need to question and everything and I appreciate you guys it's it's just so, alive. I mean I want to have you on every week <laughs> this is so great, so great Any um, anything else you guys like week. to share this before you go uh... oh, that would be so much fun I love having you guys, you could be my uh, co-host and I'll just sit back and have you guys run the show <laughs> that would be awesome because I mean from now on a lot of my shows is going to be uh, really encouraging Um you know, different things, whether it's, you know, to express your voice, to question everything. I mean, we we had some of the leaders talking about social justice and we talk, you know, we we, we try to cover a lot of different things here on the show. And uh, but what is really important right now making sure that people when you have information, make sure you have you, you move that information through your mind and your heart and just see how this information resonate with you. Does it is it really true? Does it help you or does not help you? Because if it doesn't help you and you're just taking it just because it is, because I, I really do not like people when they say, you know, well, it is what it is. And you know who said that many times? That is absolutely not acceptable in my book. It's a cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a What's
1: cop-out. that? Saying it is what it is is a it's cop-out.
0: Well, I know, but I mean, you know, it came from the leadership from the top, right? It says, oh, what it is what it is. The numbers as they are. You know, you got 200,000 right. people died in the United States only. I mean, I know we have 300 million, you know, population-wise, but that's a lot of people that we could have prevented from dying if we just yeah. did a better job in the beginning, unfortunately. Uh, however, you know, our love, our heart really goes out to all these, affected by all this. And I hope you guys stay strong and stay mindful because your voice counts and everyone else's voice counts. And if you can inspire someone else to share their voice, that's that's a gift that you can give to this um, to this country.
2: Well, thank you again for having us. We appreciate you know you letting us be heard, and we appreciate everything you're doing with this show and kind of your push to affect positive change, and we wish the best for you, as always.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Much love for both of you guys, and, and really appreciate you taking the time. And, and you know, if you want to, to, I would say, if you want to um, uh, defeat or be on top, or be the leader, you know, you have to keep doing what you're doing and do better. You know, so keep on study and keep doing, you know, influence uh, change and, and, uh, and, and always think forward, you know, because that's the only way we can, uh, even with history, I mean, it's important because that's one of the things we didn't cover, you know, knowing our history is really important. Um, so I do appreciate, you know, I, I love history too, but it, it, how yes, our history yes. can shape our future is also important. Um, so we need to write the history in a better way going forward. And I hope we will be, you know, good stuff. You know, I mean, we have to stay optimistic. That's the only way I can, I can move on every single day. Otherwise, it will be like gloomy, gloomy. <laughs> Anyhow, so you guys can listen to the show again after it's archived. Go on YouTube, iTunes, if you like, to the podcast as well. Um, and uh, you can share it. Um, I will send you guys, um, I, I'm actually, I might put it on YouTube as well. So it will be available on YouTube. And uh, um, I will share the link when I get it done and um, just let people hear you. So the more you share this uh, this program, this episode with your friends and people who are willing to listen, the better, you know, things are because we really want people to actually listen more. And because, I mean, I always said, like, I actually wrote something. If I can just take a second, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but. I just want to read something to you that I wrote because it's really important that we listen to each other because Um, so this is my thought. Dear people, my fellow humans, let's be kind to each other. When we truly listen to one another, we understand more. And when we understand more, we are more tolerant of ourselves and others. No matter what your belief system is, you know deep inside we can all do better. Kindness is not a luxury; it's a necessity to for all for our survival. So next time you want to hate on someone, think of a way to love them instead. We all have a different stories going on. However, I know there is a greater thing out there that can bring us together, and that is love. We all want to be yeah, loved. It's as right. simple as that. Your story. <laughs> I write That's a lot, great. so I just like my thoughts for the day. But thank you, thank you, thank you, and I appreciate you. And anytime you guys want to come back on the show, just send me a message, and I'd love to have you back on.
1: It was great to meet you. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for having us on.
0: Thank you, Luke. You are awesome. Okay, take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And one more thing, it takes collaboration and mutual agreement to make the impossible possible. So go ahead and celebrate who you are and make the impossible possible. And always position yourself and your business for success. Be present, look for insights, take action, take small steps, evaluate what you are doing, and remember where you are so you know where you are heading stay amazing much love to all
1: plus